When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome into another edition of GC Live Talking Tuesday Nights. This is the final GC Live Talking Tuesday Nights until we're game week. week. We have one more week to go, and we'll be talking about South Carolina getting ready to take on the Tar Heels. We'll definitely talk about that as well tonight, uh, because as we get closer towards the end of preseason camp, now the attention starts to shift over to that first week, right? So we'll get into that. Uh, if you were under a rock today, Gamecock, so they met with the media. So we had a chance to be able to hear from not only Shane Beamer, but also a handful of players. So we'll play some of that sound for you. And we'll also share some of the things that stood out to us. If you had an opportunity to go back and listen to some of those press conferences this afternoon, leave a message on the side. Questions, whatever you have today, we will get to that. I'm Mike Yuba. He's intern Joe. We appreciate you guys joining us tonight like you have been. All off season, and I say off season, Joe, because we are at that point now. We are at that point now where everything that we've talked about for the last couple months, even going back to the end of the regular season last year, talking about the Gator Bowl and starting to turn the page. We talked about recruiting and National Signing Day back in February. Nicholas Harbor comes in. All that stuff is great, but now as we head into year three of the Shane Beamer era. All of that is going to get pushed to the side because now it's, okay, what is going to happen game one? And you don't have the luxury of playing TikTok tech. You don't have some cupcake, even though some people in this area probably view the ACC as a cupcake conference. Yeah. You don't, you're not going up against a cupcake. You're going up against a Power 5 team, a team who is going to be ranked heading into this first weekend uh, against you guys. So before we get into that, though, whether it be Beam or whether it be Trey Knox, whether it be any of the players today, because I know you had a chance to listen to some of it. Is there anything that stood out to you today from uh, this afternoon's press conference? Yeah, I mean, from Shane, at least I was, you know, not necessarily surprised, but kind of, uh, you know, shot or excited to see that that everything we've been hearing about Spencer is right online. The fact that he's comfortable, the fact that he's at home, the fact that he, you know, is playing with guys that, you know, he knows their capabilities. He's been a leader so far. So everything we've heard about Spencer Rattler in this camp has been confirmed. So, so far, so good. All it, it's, it's every reason to believe all the hype coming out of it. Um, and so makes you really, really look forward to week one, um, especially in my eyes. And then obviously the injury front. It, I mean, Mike, we talked about it last week. Bumps and bruises happen during camp. And I think this this week's presser, Shane, kind of 
you know, put all that to bed with Trey Knox, Juice Wells, and Nick Harbor. So, um, obviously, the injury front, it's really, really, really good to get an update and know that those guys are all probably going to go this week. And um, always good to get some good news about your quarterback out there. Yeah, you mentioned the injury front, and we usually do one of these recaps of the story of the day. And certainly the story of the day today is the injuries and where South Carolina stands with, with some of those injuries. So I'm going to toss it over to the package that I just did for Gamecock Central. We typically get these out a little bit earlier, but since it came out a little bit later, I will run it in its entirety for those of you who haven't seen it. And like Joe said, it hits on some of the things that Shane Beamer mentioned about where USC stands with some of these injuries. And we'll get into it. We'll get into it. If you have any questions or comments, right? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people from the PTSD of what took place during the old coaching regime where maybe you're a little skeptical and that's okay. So if you have those comments or you have those feelings, let us know, let us know. And we will share that as well, but let's pull up that package and let's get into where South Carolina stands with some of these injuries. Because again, I'm sure a lot of people have questions about that. And I think Shane Beamer did a good job today of answer it, answering those. So let's take a listen. Like many teams across the country at this point in preseason camp, South Carolina, they have a few players that are banged up, but that's football, which is why Shane Beamer remains optimistic that those guys will be ready to go for the season opener. There'll be some certainly some guys as we get into it next week that would be listed as maybe questionable as you go into the game. But in my mind, we're expecting all the guys to play. With practice 15 of preseason camp in the books, the Gamecocks are less than a week away from game number one, a week where they hope to see more of their stars' health close to 100%. Juice was out there. He didn't practice practice, but he was out there running around today and catching balls and doing some light jogging and things like that. So um, are they full go right now? No. Do I expect both of them to play next Saturday night? Absolutely. Freshman linebacker Pup Howard, who's been wearing a blue non-contact jersey at practice as of late, was back in his normal white jersey on Tuesday. We had guys that got banged up in our last couple scrimmages and came out for a couple plays where maybe in the past that guy would be done for the rest of practice. Same guys are back out there two plays later. And uh, really proud to see that. Some more good news this year is that tight end Trey Knox will be ready to go week one, even if Knox may be downplaying it a bit. Just, you know, taking it day by day, getting better every day. Um, just working on my crabs and I, I feel fine. Oh, yeah, he's playing week one. Like, I don't even know what he's – he's trying to, like, build build it up and all that. He's playing. He's practiced for the last week. He scrimmaged last week. So there you go. A full rundown of where South Carolina stands with injuries. Uh, Tyreek Johnson, one other injury I want to throw in there, the edge. He's still continuing to, to battle on through. He was wearing a non-contact jersey, one of those blue jerseys the last time we had a chance to see him. And unfortunately for the media – we had a chance to see this team, I believe it was last Thursday, last Friday. I'm trying to look at my calendar. Last Thursday. So, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see them the rest of the way. Unless, you know, until bowl season at least. So, I say that because anything that takes place now is, from a reporter's perspective, you're either hearing it, from another person or Shane Beamer, as you heard from him uh, today, sharing what's going on. So moving forward, just to give people a heads up, we'll probably use some of that practice footage uh, moving forward. 
as we do shows like this. But just to remind people, if you see Pup out there in a blue jersey or some of these other players, you see them in a blue jersey, that doesn't necessarily mean they're in a blue jersey. So I just want to throw that out there. That's why you saw him wearing that blue, though. Yeah. Question from Big Red. Do we get at least one more press conference before game one? Yes. So a couple things I want to mention about that. Shane Beamer, Carolina Call Show, weekly it will take place on Thursdays. The first one will be tomorrow at Backstreet Grill. Awesome place. If you've never been, they've done a tremendous job with their outdoor patio set up for that show. Had a chance to finally go with the new setup in the spring because obviously I wasn't here in the fall because I was back in Boston. But they've done an outstanding job there. First one will be tomorrow night. And then moving forward, it will be on Thursday. So Beamer will be talking more. And then in addition to that, on Tuesday next week, it's game week. So Beamer will be meeting with the media. So today, you got a little taste of what it will be like. And we'll continue to get a taste of what it's going to be like during the season. Because tomorrow, South Carolina practices at 10 a.m., practice number 16. After that, at 1220, the coordinators are scheduled to meet with the media. So I don't know if that necessarily means it will be uh, Clayton White and Dow Loggins or if it will be those two plus everyone's favorite special teams coordinator, Pete Lembo. So hopefully Uncle Petey will be there and we'll have a chance to be able to talk some special teams with him as well. But you're starting just like the players. We're all starting to get into that game week rhythm you know again beamer spoke today players spoke today coordinators tomorrow it's good stuff it's good stuff so hopefully that answers your question big red on top of if you want to be able to listen to beamer a little bit more and in addition we'll talk about this towards the end of the show there's another show that intern joe's going to be doing on sunday nights on monday nights there's going to be a new show at the new cb18 bar and grill it's a player's version of Carolina Calls. This is something that's going to be done through Garnet Trust. I'll be hosting that. Next Monday will be the first episode. We'll also have some other student-athletes in there as well. But for football every week, certainly, to carry on Joiner will be the first student-athlete. So it'll be tremendous to be able to hear from him. But in addition to that, if you guys have any questions, come on out. and You'll have an opportunity to be able to ask him a question, perhaps, and filter through some of those questions. Yep. Listening to the injury front, though, I get it that there's probably some people out there that have that PTSD that we were alluding to earlier, Joe. But yeah. And if you listen to Beamer's entire press conference today, just like he's been in the past, but especially today, he has no reason to BS anyone, right? I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be some type of gamesmanship where you don't want to show all your cards. And if you're getting ready for that week one opponent, regardless of the position, but especially week one, you don't want the other team to know necessarily who could be playing and who isn't playing. But I, I don't think Beamer has any reason to BS people today. And everything he said, I would take it, not just for what it's worth, but I would take his word for it that he's being authentic. And, you know, based on what I've been told, Nicholas Harbor, that's one of those those stingers that if they needed him to play today, he'd been fine, right? Juice, you heard him running around. They're, they're being smart. They're being smart. Trey Knox, he'll be fine. Pop Howard, he's good to go. As far as who we expect to play, right? Nichols at left, we, we know that. 
But the guys that should be playing week one, they should be fine. They should be fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, Mike, we, we've exhausted this kind of conversation about, like, injuries and how, it, it, like, last week, you know, Shane and I both – I mean, DEFCON 4, everyone's freaking out about these camp injuries. I think, you know, the, these last couple of pressers have been, you know, been able to put a lot of ease at your mind if you're worried about those star injuries, I think. You know, for a game this big to open up the season, they're going to do whatever it takes to get them ready to go, um, especially this far out. You know, if they're getting bumps and bruises now, there's plenty of time to recover. Obviously, you're banking on something that, you know, isn't as serious, but knock on wood, it, you know, uh, you're hoping for for nothing more serious. But again, these guys are fine. They're, they should be good to go for week one. Yeah, and I see Big Red. I see Will. I see your questions. We'll get to that stuff in a little bit. Will, I'll kind of answer your question real quickly. The players version show of Carolina Calls, it won't be – it won't be live streamed anywhere. And the reason being is for two reasons. One, we want people to go out there because CB18 is going to be giving a portion back to the players that show up for those shows. So that's number one. Number two, it's kind of in line with what USC Athletics has, I want to say always done, but at least since I've been here since 2016 covering the team, they don't live stream the players' press conferences, and that's just to be safe. Now, there's not going to be any gotcha or you know journalism. We're trying to you know get people to say anything dumb, but God forbid something is worded poorly or whatever the case may be. This protects the players. So again, it's kind of in line with what USC does. If that makes sense, that's why. And I've had many people ask me over the years. Shane Beamer's press conferences are live. Some of the other coordinators, you see them live as well. But the players that portion of the press conference is not live and that's the reason why just to protect the players so you know unfortunately at least for now we're not going to be live streaming those now who knows we'll see how this show grows over the next couple months next couple weeks and this is something that we hope to do moving forward in the winter and the spring i mean they own breakers live so they could also host those shows inside seven to eight on monday nights 50 cent wings can't beat that either can't be that as well so again talking about the injuries though south carolina they should be in good shape next week just pray to god at this point that you know knock on wood everyone everyone just stays healthy this week but i think that's why you're hearing the stuff with juice that's why you're hearing the stuff with nicholas harbour they're they're just trying to be smart more than anything else especially when you're talking about guy like harbour he's a freshman Right. Injuries can really screw up a guy's head. And I'm glad Beamer. I mean, I don't know if we're going to play the whole freaking thing. I mean, he gave me like a, a four minute answer when I was talking indirectly about Pup Howard and how injuries can affect the psyche of a player, especially a young one. And we've talked about this, right? Pup, the, the tweets out there. What does this mean? And the fan base getting a little worried. So I think right now you're feeling good. But turning our attention from that, thanks, Travis. Turning our attention from that, though, it has been so consistent, Joe, with everything we've heard about Spencer Rattler this camp and yep. having Beamer talk about it a little bit more today, yep. right? He's always gonna he's always gonna make sure he you know he shows love to, to his guys, but he always likes to say kind of right here today. You could just tell. He's really pleased with where Spencer is. A.B. mentioned that, how he's so locked in. We've heard that even going back to preseason. You have to love. 
and again, it's kind of the honeymoon phase in a sense. You have to love what you're hearing about where your starting quarterback is, especially with a new offensive coordinator as you get ready for this first game. Comfortable, 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 comfortable. It's everything we've heard about him, everything that's been coming out of camp about him. And I mean, again, the hype keeps rolling on because no one said anything differently. Um, and I think that's why that hype around Spencer's building, he's doing all the right things. He's emerging as a leader on this team. So that's how you build the hype train. And I mean, now the only thing that's left to do is go out there and produce week one against UNC. That's your biggest you know, thing in front of you. You got to go perform week one and have a solid week. And now, obviously, if you don't, it's not the end of the world. You have a lot more games left in the season. But if you want to live up to all the hype, here's your opportunity in week one against UNC. College game day is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Do you keep the hype train rolling from the end of the year last year, or do you hit a couple road bumps at the beginning of this year and then try to pick it up at the end? I mean, you're writing your own story here, especially for Spencer. Do you want to be able to contend for the Heisman? Like I, like we talked about last week, that's probably way, way, way up there towards the ceiling of what this year can be for him, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. So do you want to deliver? And you have a chance to do it really early on against UNC. So, I mean, Mike, we'll see. He's getting all – all the right praises, everything that should be being said about him right now is being said about him. So, I mean, we'll see. We will see. And going back to some of the things that Shane Beamer said today about the offense, you know, you look at where they are from a wide receiver standpoint, the top three guys, you expected that to be yep. the case, right? Juice Wells, and I know he's been banged up, but Juice Wells – you see that man right there, Xavier Leggett, and then a Marion Brown, A.B. So I say that because when you look at, okay, four, five, six, and we have Eddie Lewis in there. We can keep going down the list of names. But those three guys, based on what we heard from Shane Beamer today, he's feeling good about those three. The question mark is going to be what does that back half look like, Right. Who's going to be that number six guy? Who's going to be that five guy? We can go down the list. We can project a little bit. Uh, We've heard great things about Elijah Codwell. Could that be a guy that slides on up into that six spot, right? I mean, these are things that over the next couple days, with that second scrimmage now having being played, especially with the young guys getting a majority of those reps, how do things play out the rest of this week? Because as you turn the page, And you'll start to do it usually towards the end of this week. You start to use the back end of the week prior to week one to get ready for that first game. I'm sure if we talked about a percentage, I'm sure from a starting standpoint, maybe special teams a little bit, but offensive defense, I mean, they probably have the starters about 90% complete. And when you're trying to look at the two deep, that's, you know, when I say starters, starters and too deep, it's probably at that 90% mark. They have an idea. They have an idea. But it's going to be important to see who does come out on that back end, that number six receiver, that number five receiver, who is going to be those guys. And for Nicholas Harbour, as we mentioned before, I mean, he's coming back from an injury. What does it look like with him? Because he has speed. He has speed. He's had some issues catching passes consistently. Okay, and I want to make it seem like he he isn't catching passes. He's a freshman, you know. He's he's making the move over from tight end to wide receiver. 
where does he factor in? Because I think there's so many people that are hoping that he can do something early on. We've talked about this, Joe. Simmer the expectations for some of these freshmen, including Harbor, early on. There's just so many question marks still about who is going to emerge over these next couple of weeks when we're talking about that too deep. Yeah, Shane talked about it today in his presser too, if you guys got the chance to watch it. I mean, these freshmen are dealing with these expectations, and he said a lot of them will play. It's just I don't know if it's going to be to the extent of um, what everyone thinks they're going to play. I I don't think Nick Harbour is going to be playing 50 snaps a game. I hate to burst everyone's bubble on that, but I just I don't see him making that much of an impact. I think we could see him 10, 15, maybe even 20 snaps a game. Um, but again, he's a true freshman. He's got to get used to the college game, got to get used to playing in it. Um, a lot of the coaches talked about that, how it was his first camp, how he's got to adjust. He's been a world-class sprinter for the last couple months. So, um, obviously you're going to have a couple bumps and bruises in there too, but Harbor's going to be a dynamic weapon on offense. He's going to be in some of those big play situations in those 10, 15, 20 plays that we see him on the field for. So he's not going to be non-existent in the offense by any means. It's just we will not see him as much as people expect. And Travis brings up a great point. You know, Harbor needs to be a one-trick pony, run deep, and make the safeties respect your speed. That's it. There's no question. There's no question if you're Dow Loggins, you're thinking. And I when I say Travis is spot on, I'm not saying he has to be just a one-trick pony. But being able – to just stretch out the defense. He is so freaking fast, right? And he's going to get better with his route running. He's going to get better with catching. It's going to come with time. It's going to come with time. But his speed out there, especially week one, I mean, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of week one, especially when you have a a freshman, true, true freshman at that. UNC is going to have really, I don't want to say no idea, but you have a new OC too. They're not going to really know what USC wants to do. And they've proven that before in the past. I mean, you want to talk about a team that's going to have to spend a lot of time on defense preparing for USC. A defense that, yes, going back to last season, they were not that great. And I know some Gamecock fans think that, and they think this is just going to be a cakewalk. I I don't see it being a cakewalk just because there's so many unknowns about USC. I do feel like USC – on paper, on paper, can do some great things. They can do some great things. But if you want to use the the, if you want to look back to last year with North Carolina and say, you know what, their defense isn't that great. That's why I think South Carolina will win this game. Well, defensively for South Carolina, you've lost a lot of talent, especially up front, losing a big, big guy in Zach Pickens. Yes, you have some talented guys on paper, but if you're going to say that about North Carolina, what are you going to say about USC's defense? They have young talent, but they have to prove it. They have to prove they can stop the run. They have to prove that those guys who I feel like can be very talented at corner, you talk about a Marcellus Dial, you talk about an OD Fortune, they have to be able to show that as well from a defensive standpoint. But the point being is I think UNC is going to have to prepare for, I mean, shoot, Harbor running deep. DK potentially running, lining up as a running back could have, I mean, excuse me, as a quarterback, you could have three quarterbacks essentially on the field at the same time. If you have Rattler, DK, Sellers, perhaps there's so much that North Carolina is going to have to prepare for this week one game because they don't know what they're going to see. They're going to go back. They're going to watch 
I'll tell you what happens when you have a new OC. You watch where they came from previously. They're going to be watching Tennessee, Bears, um, Jets, wherever you know, wherever Dow Loggins has been in the past. They're going to be watching that that tape, and they're going to have to prepare that way. And they're going to be what? So USC, I expect them to literally throw the kitchen sink. But if Harbor can just get on the field, run some deep passes, watch how much. That's going to help not just your passing game, but your run defense. I mean, your run offense as well, because it's really going to stretch this defense out. Yeah, plenty of looks on offense, plenty of weapons for Spencer Rattler and Dowell Loggins um, to utilize this season a lot more than last year. Obviously, you've got the talent, the unique talent that is Nick Harbour, Juice Wells, really, really deep wide receiver room, Eddie Lewis. Last season, we kind of saw a platoon aspect to this wide receiver room. Obviously, Juice kind of stepped away and ran away with the number one position. But for the rest of the guys, you tend to see week in, week out, different guys getting reps. Um, And so I think there's a lot of guys in this wide receiver room who can fill that two, three, four slot and see some real game time and make a big impact. Eddie Lewis, Xavier Leggett, those kind of players that will be filing into the three, two, three, and four slot for – you know, Spencer at wide receiver. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see. Joe, you brought it up from from Big Red, Omega Blake. That was a name from the players. I'm not saying Shane downplayed it, but it was kind of like, hey, you know, the players have been going crazy about Omega Blake. Blake, That's another player that I can see factoring in. You see Landon Sampson back out there. Haven't heard as much about him as a receiver from camp. Um, he's, his big thing is just because people want to – doesn't get talked about enough because of how much talent and hype there was about him coming out of um, high school. He is a player that is just continuing to find ways to put good days on top of good days. They have yeah. some very talented receivers in that room, and I think Samson can continue – if he can continue to get better as the season goes on here, he'll find ways to make a difference this season but he'll also find ways to make an impact down the road when you're talking about losing some of this talent after this year. So just want to give a quick update on Landon Sampson because he's a very talented receiver, great kid, works his tail off, and I know some people haven't heard as much about him and they've been asking about him, so just want to throw that in there about Landon. Absolutely. Getting into Big Red's comment again, having Mokaba back changed everything. We didn't have him last year at all. Yeah, I was going to get into this, Mike, a little bit. I mean, we've heard – Coaches talk about it. Clayton White told me at media days, this is the deepest linebacker room that he thinks they've ever had at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so far, so good into camp. Nobody has gotten dinged up. Nobody's gotten anything mm-hmm. serious. And so it, we knew if they made it through camp, this was going to be a really, really deep and really, really, really talented linebacker room. And so far, so good. I mean, I, I think this room was kind of set up for an injury. And, and the, the fact that they're making it through camp, um, without them, um, it's going to be really, really, really fun to see um, if you're South Carolina. Uh, Clayton White's excited because all those guys in that room are dogs. I mean, Mo Cobb, Debo Williams, Stone Blanton, uh, Paul Powered, a lot of dogs in that room. So mm-hmm. um, watch out for the linebacker room. Not getting talked about enough because um, obviously Mo, Mo being out last year kind of put the linebacker unit to bed, really. It, it, it took the life out of that room, and, and people just stopped talking about him. Everyone was kind of flashing towards Nicky Minwari, Cam Smith, Darius Rush. 
a lot of people forgot about these linebackers. Well, here they are this year, and, and I, I think if they can stop the run, fill the gaps like they need to, they're going to cause some trouble, man, for SEC offenses. That's for sure. You brought up a great point. I mean, we want to talk about the defense having to do a better job of stopping the run. We've we've mentioned this before in past shows. It's not just the defensive linemen, right? It's the linebackers. And when you look at that linebacker room, especially some of the young talent, too, that they have, you talk about the depth. That's another position where they need to continue to get those reps, right? I mean, Pup, the good news about Pup Howard, he was wearing the non-contact jersey, that blue jersey, for I think about the last week. But Beamer mentioned today that the blue jersey is gone. It's off of him. He's a guy that, and by the way, speaking about Pop Howard, since Gamecock Central is under the on-three umbrella, Pop Howard was named a preseason freshman All-American today. So it just goes to show the respect, number one, from a national standpoint, how people are viewing Pop, but number two, just how quickly he's factoring in to this rotation. So, you know, you look at a guy like Mo Kaba, if Mo can just come back and give you even half, even half of what he was capable of doing last year prior to the injury, you have a really damn good, good linebacker there. But on top of that, you have a guy in Stone Blanton who, if you look in person, he is so slimmed down now in a good way. He's not like, you know, looking like frigging Gumby. He doesn't look like a, you know, a toothpick, but he's slimmed down. He's more toned. He's moving very quickly in some of the drills that we've been able to see him. And then you throw Pup in who, I mean, he looks like a grown man out there. You wouldn't expect him to be a freshman just yeah. looking at him. You keep going down the list. And I'm just, you know, mentioning some some names. I mean, we could do this game where we name every linebacker. They certainly have the talent to do so. But now it's about being able to put it all together. And when you look at the job, so far of what's going on up front, Travian Robertson, you hope to God, you hope to God that the linebackers and the defensive linemen can be in sync. Cause that was an area I felt like last year at times they weren't. And you know, some of that is guys just trying to do more than their one eleventh. They're not filling their gap. They're trying to, you know, avoid a block. And when you avoid a block sometimes, and like as we've used the phrase before, sometimes you got to be the traffic cone. Some guys want the tackles though. Don't worry about making the tackle sometime. Do your 111th and believe in the defense. Believe in letting these guys just do what they have to do. If it's someone else that has to come up and make the tackle, let them. Be the traffic cone. That's the phrase of the day. Absolutely. Mike, you want to get into some ads as we approach the halfway point of our show? Yeah. I mean, look, right now trying to buy a home, as you guys know, it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world because some of those interest rates are just through the roof. If you were one of the lucky ones, you're just saying, thank God. But maybe at the same time, too, maybe you're looking at purchasing another home. Maybe you're trying to, you know, flip a house or two because that is your thing. If you're looking for the best interest rate. If you want to make that process a hell of a lot easier, give our friend Clint Hammond a call over at Movement Mortgage. Had a chance to see Clint over the weekend at our Gamecock Central kickoff party. So a lot of people go up to him. Sure, some people were just saying hello, but maybe they were also talking shop because that's what it seemed like at times. So if you're a Gamecock Central listener, you're a Gamecock fan, do what so many, so many Gamecocks, as well as our very own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth did. 
Give Clint a call and he'll help you out. That number is 803-771-6933. And Joe, today's show is also brought to our brought to you by our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Our good friends over at Liberty Tax. Tax ID is that uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax and Irma Lexington and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax. Fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, Talk to Liberty Tax Team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood, open 99 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal, make an appointment, or just walk in, give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call. Their number is on screen right now, 803 462 Five five seven six. Once again, give them a call at 803-462-5576. There you go. Good job, Joe. Yes, Moving sir. things along. Moving things along here. Let's talk about Daniel Hill. We'll go back. We'll play some of the sound from the players today, as well as Shane Beamer, if you didn't have an opportunity to hear that or you just want to hear it some more. Why not? Daniel Hill. Earlier this week, May have actually been yesterday. I mean, this is what happens kind of like with uh, the players in camp. I think it actually was yesterday. He came out on social media. And for a while, though, we expected the announcement date for the four-star running back from Mississippi to be on Wednesday, August 23rd. And yesterday, Daniel Hill came out and he tweeted that he would be making his decision on Wednesday. This was at 2.21 yesterday, okay? 2.21 p.m. Comes out this morning. A little bit afternoon, you could say. 12.21. It's a little past lunch. And Daniel Hill tweets out, commitment date pushed back. Sorry for the wait. Has like two hand emojis making a heart. Naturally, and I understand. Naturally, you have Gamecock fans a little worried. Because, and we'll pull it up, where he stands right now with On3's recruiting prediction machine and where they have Daniel Hill. But naturally, this fan base is a little nervous. They're a little nervous because they've seen over the last couple weeks, you could say even months, really, South Carolina has been in position to land some very talented players, some very, very good four stars. And we've seen similar scenarios play out where it's come down to situations like this where things are looking good for USC. And then at the last minute, what happens? Well, either a player pushes back their commitment by a day or two, or as we saw even in one situation not too long ago an hour, and things change. What I can tell you right now about Daniel Hill in the situation, it has absolutely nothing to do with NIL, okay? And as you see from the recruiting prediction machine on On3, nothing has changed today. 75.7% still for South Carolina. As we all know, this is a two-team race. It's between South Carolina and Alabama. Now, if I told you that a couple of years ago, I think some people would think I'm crazy. 
wait a minute. Gamecocks are in the running to be able to take a running back from Alabama. A pretty freaking good one at that. As you see, number six player in the state of Mississippi from a consensus standpoint, number four by on three, but the number 16th consensus running back in the nation for the class of 2024. I can tell you that when you look at that RPM right now, just under 76%, I would say it's very, very accurate still. And that the Gamecocks still have a very, very, very good chance. And I would say, honestly, yes, I understand today can feel like a kick on the groin a little bit, but it shouldn't worry you to the point where you feel like he's gonna you're gonna lose him. There's there's things sometimes with players where, you know, from a family standpoint, they want to be able to take a step back. Sometimes it's the player, sometimes it's the father, sometimes it's the mother. Sometimes it's the uncle, and they want you to take a step back and be able just to think things through a little bit. This is a big decision. But I can tell you from everything that I've been told, again, this isn't about NIL, okay? And the reason I'm throwing that out there is because, not that I've seen this on social media, at least with Daniel, but we've seen this in other cases with every fan base. I'm not just, you know, giving crap to the Gamecock fan base right now. Yeah. But – you see, okay, something like this happen. Oh, it you know has to be about NIL, and then people say stupid stuff where the kid ends up going to your school. You just you just look like a moron, right? So don't do that. I haven't seen any of that, but don't do that because this again, this has nothing to do with NIL, nothing to do with NIL. Number two, okay, from everything that we've been told, Daniel really, 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 really wants to come to South Carolina. Okay, and I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. He really, really, really wants to come to South Carolina. Now, does that mean things can't change over the next whatever, 24, 48, however long we go until he makes his commitment? Obviously, anything's possible. But I can tell you that South Carolina has felt very good about where they have stood with him. And even... With this news today, talking to people close to the situation, yeah, kind of, like I said, kind of is a kick in the groin a little bit, but they still feel good. They still feel good on where they are. So, again, I understand with what took place over the last month plus with some of these commitments flipping. I understand that this fan base, at least, you know, probably a good portion of you, it gets you worried a little bit but i would tell you at least as of right now you should still feel very very good about where the gamecocks stand and their chances of landing this talented running back yeah certainly not over by any means um obviously the kid is taking his time we see that a lot um when you're weighing out bama or bama hey joe what is this what type of recruiting battle is this uh, Mike, it's it's what we call a big boy recruiting battle. And what happens in big boy recruiting battles? You go back and forth. It's a heavyweight yes. fight sometimes. Yes. Big boy schools go back and forth for 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 big boy players. I mean, <laughs> pretty pretty simple. And Daniel Hill, he's an SEC caliber running back, uh, as you can clearly see on his RPM. A lot of SEC teams. He's got the the, the frame. Everything, all the intangibles that you would need to be a really, really successful back in this league. 
So um, I'm excited. I think South Carolina fans shouldn't be hitting the panic button with them just yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think if they can land him, it's huge. It's very huge, especially considering how the running back room is this year. Um, he could go set up, you know, some some stability for that position room. And like we talked about that last week too, right? About how you dipped into the portal, went got Jerron Willis. You recruited a lot of guys out of the portal um, that you you knew were going to be a positional weakness for you, right? And then you go get Pup Howard at linebacker. You recruit guys that you know are going to be a positional weakness in years to come. So I think running back is 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 perfect. And thank you, Sauls. As always, Shout out to Michael Sauls, former it's game Yes, absolutely. Big Red brings up the fact. says, the fact that we're in the running for guys like Hill means we're getting better. We would lose guys like this 100% in years past. We're climbing to the top. Hang in there, Gamecock Nation. That's the, that's the tough thing, I think, for some people to, you know, that, that pill to swallow is that, USC has done a phenomenal job. Beamer, I mean, give Beamer and obviously this coaching staff, they've done a phenomenal job of turning the ship back in the right direction, right? Taking it 180 degrees and having it back on the right track. And because they've been able to have as much success as they've had as quickly as they've had, I think with some people, you know, naturally, you want these things to continue to happen at such a rapid pace. And I'm not saying that you should have lower expectations. I'm not saying that you should accept mediocrity. But what I'm trying to get at is I think sometimes it's it gets overlooked. But take a step back and just be like, man, look where this friggin' program is in comparison to the dumpster fire it was. Right? In November of 2020 yep. before Shane Beamer got here. So – Again, that's not some type of consolation, but I, I also think it's uh, it's important to bring up. Dakota says, but if Hardest, Hardesty doesn't start landing one or two of these guys, then fingers are going to start pointing at him. I think it already has, and I don't yeah. fully agree that it's fair, and I'm not saying, Dakota, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Maybe you feel like it's fair. Maybe you don't. Can't interpret that uh, based on what you wrote. So feel free to chime in again. But, Joe, we've mentioned this, okay? Yeah. If they're able to land Daniel Hill, okay, and with this recruitment in particular, obviously Shane Beamer's played a role, but Montario Hardesty has played a big role, and also Jody Wright. Shout out to Jody Wright. But that would be two four-stars in this recruiting class alone that USC has been able to pick up. The other being Matthew Fuller, who, oh, by the way, nearly rushed for 300 yards. I think it was like 282 and four touchdowns this past week. They had a Thursday night game. He rushed for almost 300 yards. A guy that originally was a three-star by on three. Now he's up to being a four-star. But now you have two four-stars. On top of that, you already have Dontavious Braswell here, who's a four-star. And we've mentioned this before, okay? We've mentioned this before. I'm not saying the running back room would there would be no problems or question marks heading into the season. But Monterio and this staff, they brought in Lavoisier Carroll. Like how quickly people forget about that is so mind-blowing. So mind-blowing. You bring in one of the top running backs in his class when he was coming out, obviously goes to Georgia, plays defensive back, transfers into South Carolina, and then he has to hang up the cleats. 
He has to hang up the cleats for an undisclosed injury, medical reason, whatever the case is. But he was going to be one of your top guys in that running back room. How quickly people forget about that. I'm not sitting here saying that Montario Hardesty, you know, in comparison to some of the other coaches, you know, because they've done a great job. They've set the bar really high with some of these recruits. But my goodness, you would think that he hasn't done absolutely anything. So, yeah, Daniel Hill comes on top of the fact of what Matthew Fuller and Braswell already being here before. I hope people, I hope people who've been just absolutely crapping on Montario, I hope they give him his flowers because he's ha- he's played a big role with being able to pick up those two commitments on top of the fact of Lavasier Carroll. And they're also, like I said, they're in the running of being able to land Daniel Hill. Yeah, they've lost out on some other running backs. Okay? But there's also some things, and I don't want to blame everything on NIL, but I can tell you with some of it, knowing certain things, there have been situations where USC, you're not going to be able to compete sometimes with this NIL stuff. Or you're going to get into a situation where is it really worth just throwing whatever money you have at someone? Because guess what? This isn't Monopoly. At some point, you're going to have to pay some of these players. And if NIL money plays a role with some of these commitments, where are you going to get all this money? I mean, South Carolina is doing a better job of improving their NIL, but my whole point being is I just hope people give Montario his flowers, especially if Daniel Hill commits. Yeah, certainly. Speaking about the running backs, Tyler asked, do you think DJ will be our starter by season's end? Do you think Dak will be the guy as long as he's healthy? I think Dak will be the guy as long as he's healthy. Plain and simple, and it's going to be the Dak and Juju show until somebody stops it. I I think you're spot on, Joe. I think DK is going to be the guy, uh, and you pray to God that he can stay healthy because I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. We've mentioned this before. He doesn't have to be out there and looking like Marcus Lattimore or George Rogers or even Mike Davis. Nope. Mike Davis, one and two. He just has to go out there, protect the football, and give you an opportunity to continue to get three or four yards every carry and with his size his speed his vision his knowledge the experience he has of being behind that line of scrimmage which is something that you've brought up multiple times throughout this offseason I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and the big question is we've mentioned it can the offensive line come together quickly that's going to be the biggest question if the o-line can come together quickly Right, We could talk about pass blocking, too, because that plays a big part of it, just blocking in general with the O-line. But if they can do a good job of giving their running backs an opportunity, whether it be DK or whoever the heck's back there, if they can just give them an opportunity to pick up yardage, the running back room is going to be fine. Yep. Especially when your starting quarterback is Spencer Rattler. That opens up a lot of things, too. If he's out, able to go out there and sling the ball all over the field, guess what happens? Teams are going to worry more about the pass. They might throw an extra defensive back out there. They might take a defensive lineman out there and put someone out there with a little bit more speed. And guess what happens? Those running lanes open up. They open up. So that's what we got to hope for. It all goes together, boys and girls. Yep, absolutely. Big Red asks, will we see Gauthier Bailey in games this season if we don't have significant injuries or with a big lead late in the game? Yeah, late, 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 late. You know, up super big, I think. Um you know, they'll be the guys that come after Doty. If you're looking, if you have to redshirt sellers or something like that, if 
kind of tied up with that whole thing. I think you'll see those two. But um, if if Sellers has a little room left with his red zone or with his red shirt buffer, um, I think you'll see Sellers. But the, yeah, those two. If if Sellers gets to a red or I keep saying red zone, red shirt buffer. Yeah, 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 Mike. Long night. And and peep and I'm glad Shane Beamer brought this up today. He went down to the list. I don't you know, I don't have the exact list in front of me, so I don't want to, yeah. you know, I'm gonna forget names if I go down it. But he mentioned how Spencer Rattler was redshirted his freshman year, and yeah. to carry on Joiner was redshirted his freshman year. Now, obviously, you know, depending on how far back you go, the four game redshirt rule wasn't in place. That's been around now for the last couple of years. But I say that because I think with where USC is with their quarterback room, all right, we know that it's Spencer Rattler and then it's everyone else. Beamer brought up today that Luke Doty is the number two quarterback heading into week one, heading into the season. From everything that I've been told, now Sellers has been making tremendous progress, okay? But from everything that I've been told, there's not a clear cut, cut number three guy. And we've heard so much about Lenoris. And again, this isn't trying to be a wet blanket in the room. This is just telling, because I think some people, they want to hear just the truth, wherever things are. Based on what I've been told today, they don't have a number three guy. And I know that's something not to really get like, okay, why are we even talking about a number three guy? My whole point being is, if we get into a situation late in the game, could it be Gothy or could it be Bailey, you know, and... I wouldn't lose too much sleep about who's in there. But at the same yeah. time, too, this package idea with Sellers, which I, I, I'd i love to see it because he's talented. He can freaking throw the football. He can run. Yeah, he's big, right. physical. Yeah. But where, where does it go after the first four games if they use him in those four games and they don't feel like it's – giving them the best opportunity to win moving forward. And I know that might sound silly to some, but is it worth burning that red shirt? Now we have yep. plenty of time to talk about this. This is something that we're going to talk about a month from now. Yeah. But we sit absolutely. here today. You hear Beamer mentioned Doty's the number two quarterback going into the season, right? That's, that's where he's been. That's where he's been. Okay. He's been in the quarterback room. Doty's your number two guy heading into the year, which we all expect. When I say we, Joe, we talked about that. That's what we expected. Yeah. The, the expectation, we talked about this with Harbor. Expectations with some freshmen, simmer them down. I still think sellers can make an impact this year, and I expect USC to try to find ways, especially in week one, to find ways to put sellers out there because he's just too talented to keep him on the bench. But at some point, you will have to ask that difficult question, which is, is it worth burning his red shirt, especially if you feel like he can be your guy in the future at quarterback? And obviously, you got a very talented Dante Reno coming in the year after that. You got Landon Duckworth. That quarterback room is going to be very, very talented in the future. And, you yeah. know, you don't want to throw all your eggs in one basket, but I'm, I'm interested to see how they go about their strategy with sellers because, again, very talented guy, but how do things play out with? what makes the most sense, not just this season, but moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Doug asked, can our defense slow Drake May down? I mean, I think Drake May is a very, very, very talented dual threat quarterback. 
it's going to be a very big challenge for South Carolina's defense. You need to execute both defensive line and in every area of your defense. You know, you got to be able to stop the run and defend the pass. I think um, Marcellus Dial, O'Donnell Fortune, Nicky Minwari posed a pretty significant threat to May um, in the passing game, especially because he does have a lot of his receivers banged up. So uh, I, I think they can slow him down. They can stop him. Um, how do you do that? You got to get to his legs. You got to wrap him up. Um, you've seen him make plays outside of the pocket, extending plays, that kind of thing. You, so you have to be really, 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 really disciplined if you're South Carolina's defense. Stay at home, stay with your priorities, um, and, and just do your 111th, I think, is how you beat Drake May. Don't try to get fancy. Don't try to make any hero plays because Drake May will make you regret trying to make that play and, and, and make you look foolish for it. Yeah, we'll talk more about the matchup next week. We'll hopefully get a guest. We can also talk just kind of the the ins and outs of what to expect with North Carolina. But I think, look, bottom line is this. Drake May's a talented guy. He's a talented guy. And I don't want to say this North Carolina team is overrated. I think they're, they're still a good team. But without Drake May, I mean, this team is completely different, right? I mean, we talked about from a defensive standpoint, and hey, as bad as they were a year ago, just like South Carolina was not good with stopping the run. They had a good secondary, but on top of that, too, teams realized, shoot, why are we going to throw the football if they cannot stop the run? Allowing 198 yards rushing a game last year. So with this UNC team, yeah, I expect them to throw the football, but I'm also not going to be shocked if kind of like a, you know, a mirage, they're going to, run the football a little bit more than some people expect just because again, prove to us if I'm North Carolina prove to me that you can stop the run because you couldn't do it a year ago and you don't have Zach Pickens up there either in the middle. Yeah. You got Boogie Huntley. Yeah. You got talking Hemingway. You got some talented guys on paper and especially the people here in Columbia and Gamecock fans, you know how talented they can be when they're on the field and healthy, but what does it look like now? that they're not back? What does it look like now that Zach Pickens isn't there after struggling to stop the run a year ago? So, we'll again, we'll get into it more next week. But, um, Joe, let's let's look at some of the questions from people. If you have a question yeah. right now, fire it away if you don't. Um, yeah. If you haven't already, but we're going to go down the list with some of the questions that we haven't been able yeah, to answer. Keep, yet. keep sending us questions. We're getting towards the end of ours here, but we still got a little bit of show left, so feel free keep asking away we've got two left right now but i mean you guys got tons of time to keep throwing them at us um we'll probably go up to around about an hour or so um so yeah keep them coming guys tyler asks is the injury keeping him from starting or has debo just beat him out from what i've heard stone and debo will would be starters right now um so i i think is the injury keeping him out from start are you mentioned talking about mokaba or Debo, am I reading that right? Let's talk about Mokaba. Yeah, Tyler, if you're still here, I know you asked this question a couple, probably about 24 minutes ago. So we appreciate the question, but um, if you're still there, respond back to what exactly you meant, just so we can answer it the right right way for you. Yeah, I, I think look with Debo, man, just seeing him out on the field, he's been friggin' physical. He's been friggin' physical. And I think we talk about the talent in that linebacker room. Debo's the type of guy that you need to have 
playing on a totally different level this year if you want to have that type of success on defense. So, yeah, interested to see what Debo's going to be able to bring. I mean, we talk about Stone. We talk about Pup. Debo's a guy that you certainly don't want to forget. I'm sure there are a lot of people that know that you don't forget about a guy like that, but sometimes he gets overlooked just because you hear the Mo Cabas, you hear the Stone Blands, you hear the Pup Howards. But Debo is certainly a he guy. By the way, by the way, speaking about Debo, Debo appeared today on 107.5 The Game. Trust, yeah. hour. We'll have that audio uploaded if you didn't have a chance to listen to on the Gamecock Central podcast platform. But moving forward, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Bigger ass. Will 24 and 25 recruits be able to visit at the UNC game if it's a neutral site game officially? I don't – I don't know the exact – I mean, that's why I don't even want to touch it. I think um, they split it, maybe. Joe, that would be, be a question for Wes or Chris. I mean, I've been yeah. covering recruiting now for maybe just over a year and a half now. Um, I don't want to tell you something that's wrong, so I won't touch that one. Maybe there's someone that's watching, one of our listeners, because I know how how knowledgeable this – fan base is when it comes to recruiting so there could be someone that knows that answer i don't want to lie to you big red yeah absolutely. Um, michael Sauls asked how badly does Andy beat navy this week joe um my unbiased college football reporter opinion i think it's by two touchdowns i think the jet lag gets the irish a little bit but i don't think navy is anywhere close to as good as what sam hartman is gonna do um that'll be really interesting to see just how he steps into the just playing quarterback for Notre Dame, but this is not a Notre Dame show. So that's all I'm going to give you, Solzy. Two touchdowns. I think jet lag actually catches up with them. It's a week zero game. So uh, we'll see. Um, as we know, he's a big Notre Dame fan too, but we'll, we'll, we'll save his comments for that. Uh, uh, I haven't followed ND the same uh, yeah, way. It's, it's been a while. For, it's been a while. Um, um, but yeah, big Red says, big red. does our wealth at receiver open up spots for key guys to get playing time? on special teams. No question about it. No question. I've said this before. I truly believe the area where Nicholas Harbor can make the biggest impact. And I don't have the special teams depth chart. Wish I did. That'd be neat. I mean, we practically went through the whole depth chart today. I give Shane Bieber a lot of credit for telling the media as much as he did today, which again, shows you that he's not hiding anything. Up his sleeves. Let me take that back. He's not, Hiding some things up his sleeves as far as depth charts go, I'm sure they have plenty of things up their sleeve as they head into this week one matchup against North Carolina. Mac Brown, the defensive coordinator, I'm sure their brains are going to be in absolute pretzels next week, yep. just preparing for what South Carolina could throw at them offensively. But we can go down the list. Can also talk about special teams as well. I truly believe Nicholas Harbor is going to make a huge impact on special teams. Same I've thing said before. On other shows, you put him on the punt rush team to block kicks with that size, with that speed, with that length, even if he's not the guy that's getting to the block point, even if he's not the guy that's blocking the punt, he's going to be able to take a lot of the attention. He's going to take a lot of the attention. You might have to have a personal protector slide over to give one of your punt guys an opportunity to help out and block him. And that could free up another guy to come in and be the guy that blocks the kick. Or you might have to have a couple guys stay back to be able to give you that help because you're so worried about Harbor. And what happens with that? Well, that's going to hold up 
that line that's trying to get down the field to be able to make the tackle, and it can give your returner an opportunity to spring a longer return. So when people ask me where I feel like Harbor will make the biggest impact this year, I don't think it's going to be wide receiver. And that's not to say he won't have a couple catches. That's not to say he won't score a couple touchdowns. But I truly believe because of his size, speed, length, he can make, especially with the Lembo special teams coach team, Shane Beamer, you don't think that man can make an impact on special teams. I think you will see it this year. I think you will. And watch me be completely wrong, though. Watch him not even be on special teams on the punt block. But hopefully he is because, at least to me, it's a no-brainer. No-brainer you put him there. Yeah, 100%. Big Red answering this one quickly before I answer your first one. Yeah, special teams is a way to bring in key talent. Absolutely. I mean, you already see it with Mason Love. Really, 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 really good punter. And um, guys, I mean, they've mentioned that, they right? Want Nick, to. Nick they want to. They want to be on that. special teams, yes, Joe. exactly. He's like, I want to earn my keep on special teams. I think that's part of it, and part of coming into the program here. And I think it's huge, right, when you have guys that want to earn their keep first on special teams and they see it as like a rite of passage. That's how you build culture. That's how you build tradition at a program like this. So I, I think it's huge. Uh, but does our wealth at receiver – open up spots for, for key guys to get playing time in special teams. Yeah. I think Eddie Lewis, Eddie Lewis is going to return some kicks. And I think people are going to be really, really shocked when they see him. If, if Eddie Lewis can get into the open field, I think people are going to be surprised by how fast he really is. Um, Eddie Lewis, Xavier, like get a lot of really, really good playmakers in that room. And I also, I mean, Mike, when you're talking about Landon Sampson earlier, um, I, I think he can get in and make some impact on special teams as well. So don't don't be shy to see him in there either. Um, but yeah, Big Red, that's that's what I got for both of yours. Mike, did you have anything else um, in terms of Big Red's second question? Yeah, just going back to Big Red saying, you know, maybe our special teams could be a way to bring in key talent. One thing that gets overlooked so much when you're talking about kickers and punters and Kai Kroger. Kind of talked about it at SEC Media Days, and I had a chance to talk to Mitch Jeter about it as well. When you have guys out there that want to be on special teams, right, and they're blocking, and you have guys that allow you to do your job, and you're not even thinking about kicking the ball as a place kicker, as a punter, it makes your job that much easier. So it's got to a point now where, you know, you have Mason Love coming in, one of the best punters in the country, you have guys that want to be here for multiple reasons because you have the best special teams coach in the in the country, for crying out loud, with Pete Lumbo, and then obviously Shane Beamer. We know his love for special teams. But you have guys up front that you know want to do the job. And it's amazing. It's amazing how some places, some players, they don't want to be on special teams, and it makes the job as a kicker or a punter that much tougher. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, getting back to Tyler's question, is Mo's injury going to keep him from starting because I'm hearing Debo and Stone are looking the best? Mike, you want to take that one? Is Mo's injury going to keep him from starting because I'm hearing Debo and Stone are looking the best? I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if you have Colin Taylor hopping on being a wise guy. Yeah. Uh, Michigan Wolverine in him. Um, he's been, I mean, goodness, Colin, Wes, Chris, they've been doing a good job of following the the depth charts. Colin probably has a whole whiteboard up in his office now the, yeah, uh, with all the, the, the red information <laughs> from Shane yeah. today, but, um, chart figured out. We all know, but that. in all, in all seriousness though, I mean, look, I think we're going to see all three guys make a big impact this year. 
whether, you know, Debo's the, the guy week one, whether it Moby be the guy, I, I think we're going to see things change sporadically throughout the season in a large part, just because I, I do expect stone to get better. I think Debo can play frigging lights out in this defense and what they're, they're asking him to do. So I think, look, if Mo isn't the starter week one, I wouldn't put a lot of stock into that in the sense of saying, oh, man, you know, he's not going to start a game this season. I think he'll start a game and vice versa. If, if Debo's not the one starting week one, I expect Debo to be out there at some point as a starter. I think this this talent they have in this linebacker room, as Joe mentioned earlier, they have it on paper. What does it look like, though, once the season gets going? The injury questions that you have for some or guys that have been banged up going back to last season, what do they look like in real action, right? Not just out there running around hitting your own guys, knowing that the play that you've seen a, ba- a bazillion times, bazillion times already in preseason camp, that it's not coming again, that you're going up against UNC or Furman or Georgia, whatever the case may be. What does it look like then? So that's how I would answer that. Dakota, are there any other Gamecock target recruits other than Hill that are on commitment watch? To my knowledge, Dakota, I'm trying to see if I can just double check, make sure I didn't miss any. I mean, there's going to be guys at South Carolina over the next couple months, and everyone knows this, that they're going to continue to recruit. And we're going to hear, I'd say, a new wave of players that maybe we haven't heard of um, or as much. I mean, we're already starting to look at the class of 2026. There's a couple in-state guys in particular. Um, Jalen McGill, he's a running back from Broome. Um, You have a couple guys for the class of 2026 that USC is starting to really go after. So in addition... In addition to looking ahead to 2024, and we'll start talking about 2025. I don't want you to think that we've skipped them completely. USC is going to do what they can to start looking ahead. And we talk about 2025. I mean, that that list starts with five-star defensive lineman Elijah Griffin, right? Yeah. So, again, we'll hear – We'll hear guys' names for you know the class of 2024, but also don't be shocked to hear 2025, 2026. You're, you'll start to hear names start to really pick up over the next couple weeks, I'd say, once we get into the season and players are making their official visits. Some of those visits won't be official, but they'll be coming on campus at South Carolina, and um, I, I expect there'll be some some new names in the mix for the 2024 class. Yep. Getting another one from former employee Michael Sauls. As always, Michael, we really appreciate your questions, all of them, really. Um, do you all think OD Fortune is a dark horse candidate for the Jim Thorpe Award? Yeah, and I guess if if I were to like say somebody's my light horse or somebody that you know <laughs> wouldn't be surprising if they're competing for it, um, Nikki Minwari, um, OD Fortune, Nikki Minwari, all of them, are, or, or both of those guys at least um, certainly can compete for the Thorpe Award, OD Fortune. It's definitely up there, Sauls. It's it's a name that I like um, in terms of a dark horse, some guy that you know could just burst on the scene and go ahead and steal it. But I think if anybody in that defensive backfield that's capable of doing it, I think it's Nick Gaiman Wari. Um, plain and simple, pretty pretty short and easy take there for you, Sauls. Yeah, one guy that I really like, and I know I've been saying this for a while now, 
is DQ Smith. I think DQ is really going to surprise a lot of people this year. I mean, obviously he had a phenomenal, phenomenal freshman season. He played a lot last year. And obviously, as Beamer mentioned today, he is going to be a starter. Shocker, heading into week one. But I, I think with his knowledge, especially being a quarterback in high school and coming on to the defensive side and working with Torian Gray for a year, his biggest thing, as Gray told me, is just continuing to find ways to be consistent, right? I mean, that the way that Gray described it to me is it's like this. It's like this. Now, this is this is before the start of preseason camp, okay? This is before the start of preseason camp at the Beamer with Birdies golf outing. From the sounds of it, right, this up and down, it's starting to get to that level point and going up a little bit. So I think that's what they they need to do and just continue. Because I I think DQ can have a phenomenal year, especially knowing that Nick Eman worries back there. And people are going to know that. They're going to try to stay away from him. And they're going to test DQ. And guess what, DQ? Make them pay. Let people know who you are. Yep. As always, Sauls, appreciate the question. Appreciate you tuning in. Big Red asks, are Beamer and Lean both, Lembo, changing the way players see the game with their special teams genius? Could they be the spur of special teams changing the game forever? That's a very bold statement, changing the game forever. I think it's really hard to do, change the game forever. But I think, I mean, Big Red, like I said earlier, I think it's certainly beneficial for the program, right? I think if you can instill a culture of, you know, like I said, guys wanting to prove themselves on special teams, go make that play on special teams. It gets the rest of the team to go, you know, notice you. And, and realize that you're a dog. Um, so instilling that, that that culture of of work ethic and being able to go produce on special teams and making special teams something that guys want to be a part of, and kind of take us a launching pad almost into into dogdom um, or respect from your teammates. You go make plays on special teams. So changing the the um, the 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 sport of it all, or changing the sport of special teams necessarily. I think that's stretching it a little bit, but I certainly think they're changing the program and the way this program is set up for years to come by embracing special teams and wanting to go out and make plays on special teams, right? Like, Because we've heard Nick Harbour talking about this. He's like, I want to start making plays on special teams. It's where it all starts. So um, by doing the little things there, certainly shows, certainly shows that you're committed to doing the little things and, and you know, tuning up that aspect of the game. Um, so then when it comes down to crunch time, tuning up the offensive side, the little things on offense or defense, you know, it's, it's easy. And piggyback enough what Dakota said, Dakota says, I think Beamer and Lembo are helping players realize that special teams is uh, a relatively untapped avenue to the NFL. I mean, Dakota, that's exactly it. Not only are you helping your team right now, but from a business standpoint, when you're talking about the NFL and as Marcus Lattimore told me, couple of years back when he went back to work at USC in the, in the director of player development or excuse me, um, beyond football program that they had when Will Muschamp was there, that 99% of those guys that come on board with the scholarship, they think they're going to the NFL and special teams is the way to be able to help that. Because not yep. everyone's going to be a first-round draft pick. And even if you are a first-round draft, you might have to play special teams depending on Darius Rush's draft stock. His, look his at Darius Rush. You look at Jalen Brooks Sam in particular. Smith. You, look at, you look at what Nick Muse, right? You look at Nick yeah. Muse 
right? Sides will come back, and I keep pointing to Nick Muse. Jalen Brooks was the was the story this year, I'd say, for the Gamecocks. But Nick Muse the year prior, he decides to come back, plays on special teams, and what happens? Well, he gets drafted by the Vikings this year, first preseason game, scores a touchdown. Last week, that second preseason game, he led the team in receiving yards and catches. Uh, Jalen Brooks. Jalen Brooks trying to do what Nick Muse did. He's trying to make the team through special teams. He's with the Cowboys, got drafted this year. And, you know, as Joe mentioned, you could mention that about Darius Rush as well. I'd say Rush being able to be a defensive back in comparison to Jalen Brooks's statistics, his special teams play really helped him, but there's no question that Rush benefited from special teams. Um, wrapping things up, Craig mentions trying to get a little idea of that offensive line. You see it right there. I think when we talk about the offensive line and Beamer alluded to it today, it's trying to figure out still the offensive tackle position and the depth that too deep, right? Who can be that sixth guy? Because depending on obviously what guy goes down, right? Center goes down. I think, I think we can all assume that Gargiulo, Gargiulo would slide over to center. But if a guy goes down, who's that next man up? Who's that next man up? So as we sit here today, we've talked about the offensive line needing to come together quickly. And from the sounds of it, sounds like everything's been, you know, kumbaya. You could hold hands. Everyone's singing, having a great time over there. But what does it look like week one? What does it look like from a blocking standpoint for a quarterback who should be putting up some freaking good numbers week in and week out? I don't care who the hell they're playing. Rattler should be putting up good numbers. Give him an opportunity. That's what it comes down to. Give your quarterback an opportunity to throw the football. And we can obviously dissect so many other things, right? I mean, making making space, getting open, all that stuff. I'm not saying that it's as simple as just blocking, but give your quarterback a chance. And that's what it's going to come down to. Um, We have some other things coming in. I want to wrap this up, though. To go to says Josh Van, Van, another person. Then another person from a special team standpoint. No question about it. William Jones says Beamer likes the underdog status. At some point, you're not going to be the underdogs. Right now, heading into week one, and I'd still say with this team for the most part, and as we've mentioned before in the past, there's a stigma. It's not fair to Beamer. You see that Boston accent. It'll slip out occasionally. It's not fair to Beamer. It's not fair to the players on this team because they weren't here in years past. But the reality is there's a stigma, stigma with this program. And as I've mentioned before, not to bring up bad memories, but that third year for Will Muschamp, that is when the ship really began to sink. So there's going to be a stigma with this team. That's why I wouldn't get so caught up about preseason rankings, which to me mean absolutely nothing. They're fun to talk about, fun to point at and be like, wow, you know, Florida State and LSU, that's the game of the weekend because they're both top 10 teams playing on a Sunday, right? It's great. But. I say that because with this USC team, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be all right. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, what else we have here? William says Beamer needs to do another Soldier Boy video. Recruits love that. Uh, I think he'll be doing Sandstorm. Yeah. If they beat Kentucky with some uh, stupid sunglasses and dancing yeah. around. If they beat them uh, against Kentucky. People haven't heard the news in November. The creator of Sandstorm will be throwing a concert in Gamecock Park prior to the Kentucky game. And he'll also be leading the chant, the Gamecock chant, before the game. It's a pretty good get for USC. How about that? Super exciting, yeah. 
Let's see. Anything else here that we miss? No other questions, really. Um, that one, yeah, that one was answered um, by Dakota. Yeah. Marcus was already gone and shot, taken over for him. Yep. And Marcus, and, you know, we've kind of talked about this on the podcast I did with Marcus uh, last year, the Believe in South Carolina podcast. He, he enjoys the purity of coaching Division three football and being part of Lewis and Clark out there in Oregon and He's enjoying his time out there. He's enjoying his time. Uh, I think we went through everything. I think we yeah. went through everything tonight. Next week, next week, we will be getting into game week. However, however, before we get into talking Tuesday on uh, next week, we've got a couple things we want to throw out there, a little housekeeping. There's going to be yeah. some new shows, okay? Yeah. This show is going to stay in its spot. We're going to have a Thursday show. Not sure if it's going to be live. That's going to be pre-taped. But we'll, I'll explain more about that next week. Um, we're going to have a tape segment, though, with Colin and I coming out later on this week. That will come out on Thursday. So the format will be a little bit different than it usually is. I mentioned that Monday show, Players Version of Carolina Calls. That will be live at CB18. New five-point bar. Come on down. Support those student athletes. It won't be just football. We'll also have another fall sport athlete in there as well. So that will be through Garnet Trust, helping them get some NIL money. Travis, absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. We'll also be doing the call-in show. We'll have more information about that hopefully next week on uh, the Tuesday show. We'll also explain. We have the call-in lines working, and well, I'm trying to work the, work out those kinks right now. Yep. Ideally, but, we'll have it to where we can take voicemails, but um, or just at the start of it, and then be able to take calls later on in the year. But um, yeah, so we'll all that said, all that said though, what we'll start off each week, Sunday. Is the first day of the week. I know some people think Sunday is the end of the week. No, it's the beginning of the week. This is the first day. So of the week. just like in baseball, you want to put your batter up there that's going to get you on base. No pressure, intern Joe, but intern yeah. Joe will be doing the show on Sundays. Yeah. Which will recap the week that was. We'll have mixing the water Monday still. That'll be another segment that will be on Gamecock Central. But intern Joe, yeah. we're giving him the wheel. Yeah, he's gonna have his own show on Sunday night. Lord, pray for us all. Yeah, super excited to tell you guys about my new show coming out um, Sunday nights. It'll be a podcast, roughly 30, 45 minutes long. It's it'll be called the Walkthrough. So it'll be me, another GC staffer, and a guest, just kind of walking through everything that happened Saturday um, over on the gridiron for Gamecock football. It'll continue into basketball and baseball season. I have plenty of guests lined up for both of those as well. Um, so it's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, and then Sundays too, as well, it won't be live. It'll be in the podcast form because I know everyone wants to watch football, myself included, and I'll be having that on as I edit the podcast on Sundays and whatnot. So, um, it, it, it will be out roughly kind of seven, eight, nine o'clock ish on Sunday nights and will be perfect for your Monday morning drive to work, whatever. Um, and then we'll have clips all throughout the week, but yeah, the walkthrough new game Cox central show, my guy over at Gamecox today is cooking up something sick for a logo and that kind of thing. So waiting on him to um, get back to me with that. But, yeah, more details coming soon. First guest, first guests. Um, so, yeah, super, super excited for that. That'll be after week one, come out Sunday night. Um, really excited to show show you guys what we've got for that. So, And one last thing, too, before we wrap things up, just saw a question in there. Where is it? Where is it, Lynn? Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Lynn asks, 
Is there anywhere to get Sandstorm Lager in Charlotte for opening week? I will do my best to keep pushing it. I mean, there's there's so many things that I've learned. Not that I work with Garnet Trust, but I've, you know, talking with steel hands and learning all these new things. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself the Mona Lisa Vito of uh, the retail store when it comes to distributing beer as she was to cars for any of our cousin Vinny fans out there. But what I do know is steel hands put this out today that outside of the Columbia area, it is going to be sold. um, Let's see. They said, quote, it's coming soon to retailers in Rock Hill, Greenville, South Carolina, Aiken, Spartanburg, and Myrtle Beach. They're working on it in Charlotte. I I should know the name of the bar. I apologize. I think it's called the Horseshoe up in Charlotte. I think that is one place where they're they've had conversations to be able to bring it, but I I'm not a hundred percent sure that uh, that deal has been done quite yet. Because again, there's so many hurdles and all that kind of stuff. But I will reach out to Steel Hands tomorrow and see what we can do to be able to get an update for you guys for next week so you get ready for opening week. And want to go through these comments because everyone's loving it for intern yeah. Joe. KC, KC congrats, it, Joe. You've earned it. We enjoy yep. hearing your take. I'll tell you what. I mean, Joe's getting better with being yep. in front of the camera. I told him. I said, look. I said, yep. I've been doing this since, what, my first year broadcasting on TV. Mississippi was 2015. Did some stuff in college. Joe's a hell of a lot further than I was. Yep. Um, and sure. I tell that to a lot of college kids. I mean, I was behind. I didn't go to a broadcasting school. I didn't yep. have the opportunity to intern at Gamecock Central and do stuff like this. But yep. he really is working hard behind the scenes. It's one of those things that personally, what saying stuff like that, no one really cares, right? You yep. go to a steak joint, you go to a restaurant, you expect the workers to work hard. But I'll throw that out there about intern Joe because, you know, he, he's been working his tail off. Yeah, um, we're not going anywhere. I'll be says, on Mike and two days and uh, the post game show as well. So I'll be I'll be up in Charlotte. I'll be up there to cover. We'll have hopefully some coverage, yep. uh, a breakdown of what our plans are to be able to give you guys a and a better idea. But you know, post game show, all that stuff. Travis says, just no questions about my breakup. Grande, too soon. Roger that. <laughs> intern Joe, no intern, no more. I don't still know. Intern, who, technically. Yeah, still. We, so we're not going to retire the name quite yet. And I no, love how Joe. It's got a nice ring to it. And I mean, you can't really call me Joe. Shoot, the Gamecock Central Chief. kickoff party. People were coming up to me like, hey, intern I, Joe, intern wild. Joe. I had somebody come up to me and call me Mike. But other than that, like, it's it's wild, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's different. And I had a couple of buddies over there, too. And it was, I mean, they, they always, they're always like, yeah, you know, you don't get recognized or something like that. Like people, people don't know who you are. And then sure enough, you're Joe, baby. I forget who it was, but somebody came up to me. So I appreciate you making me look cool in front of my friends. They, you're they going to start calling them Hollywood, Joe, in a minute. Yeah, exactly. 803 says, yo, what's exactly. up guys? Go Gamecocks. DK is going to run like his hair is on fire. Yep. Craig, appreciate you tuning in. Says have a good night, Thank fella. You, Joe. Appreciate it. Red. You started from the bottom, and yes, now sir. you're here, Joe. Absolutely. And Tyler, thank you, thank you. closing thank you. it out with the last comment. Yeah, Joe, we are super proud of you. Make this Appreciate make this show so, better. Yep. And we'll have some graphics and, like I said, more of that stuff next week. Um, it, it, it says should, not sure uh, I can confuse you, too. <laughs> more of that stuff next week. Should be really exciting. You guys are going to like the first two guests, I hope. Um, so should be should be a lot of fun. Hey, we appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. Went a little bit later. 
been, uh, I, I want to say we went a little bit longer than we typically do, but it feels like we keep good. going along. I mean, we just yeah. football season is truly here, baby. It is yep. truly here. Next week, we'll be getting ready talking about North Carolina. We appreciate everyone that's tuned in. I mean, the, the ratings continue to go up each week as we get closer to opening weeks. We appreciate everyone that's tuned in. If you've missed any of our show today, any of our show, head on over to the Gamecock Central YouTube page. Subscribe today for free so you get a notification anytime one of these GC Live videos or one of our Gamecock Central videos in general you can also catch Wes, Chris, Colin, Kendall, all the work that they do, plus the walkthrough with Joe on Sundays. You will get a notification every time a new Gamecock Central video drops, but you can watch this show in its entirety if you head on over there. Or if you're a podcast listener heading to work tomorrow, you maybe you just you know you don't really care about depending on your job you don't really care about the numbers and you just want to listen to a podcast tune into us tune into us over on the Gamecock Central podcast platform wherever you download and listen to your podcast your podcast I can't even speak he's intern Joe I'm Mike Yubi appreciate you guys tuning in tonight for GC Live talking Tuesday nights we'll do it again next week in South Carolina they'll be gearing up to play North Carolina in Charlotte. For week one, college football season, it is almost here. Have yourself a great night and the rest of your week, folks. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.